From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this in Charleston, South Carolina, that is. This is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for AFC and NFC Championship Weekend. Um, Luke Morrow's with us. Uh, Luke, we, we've made it this far, and uh, both games today have been given the go-ahead for takeoff. Yeah, which is obviously fantastic. You know, it's always bittersweet because we get to this point, and this is the best day of football because you get two great games instead of, you know, the one game of the Super Bowl. So it's bittersweet. Uh, we get two great matchups today. Uh, the four best quarterbacks this year, I do believe the four best teams of 2020. But sadly, it's a reminder that we do have only three football games left, and then we have to wait a very long offseason. But I'm looking forward to the two games today. I hope they live up to the expectations on paper. Um, you've just stated incorrect news and oh. incorrect facts because next week is the first ever virtual Pro Bowl. Oh, how can I forget that? Yes, you can watch video gamers play Madden or something uh, for the rights to win the Pro Bowl. Oh, man. I, well, I'm looking forward to that. You know what? I take it back. We have four great games <laughs> left or whatever next week is going to be. <laughs> There you go. All right. I want to address something that I did not on your show. Luke is the co-host of the Moral Midday Show, ESPN 98.9 FM, Charleston, South Carolina, charlestonsportsradio.com. I'm on there every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, he asked me about the hiring of Robert Sala, and I wanted to tell a Des Bryant story, so I moved off the topic very quickly. I am 100% in favor of this. I love the hire. I love his moxie. I'm not sure what um, all gas, no break means. Um, uh, let's just make sure we don't hit anybody incorrectly. Um, but overall, I am pleased with, with the vibe. What's interesting is your Vikings have come up in conversation um, because of Salah's uh, previous work with the 49ers, and the run that the Vikings have made uh, in the playoffs of late. So what are we getting, uh, Luke, in a defensive coach with Robert Sala? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, um, nowadays, the way the NFL has gone, I've been of the thought that I think you always need to hire an offensive guy. Um, it's unfair to completely restrict half of the football or half of the candidates. And Robert Sala, obviously, you know, Boot must have blown them away and you've heard nothing but good things about him. Um, but with the defensive guy, you just have to make sure you nail the offensive guy. And then the concern becomes, whether it's Sam Darnold, maybe these rumors about Sean Watson, you draft a quarterback, whoever it is, the quarterback that you have, the concern always is with the defensive guy is that the offensive coordinator is in charge of the offense. But if he does a good job, he's probably moving on and getting another opportunity. And you always have to replace the offense coordinator. So in the Vikings case, Mike Zimmer runs the defense. He makes sure he brings in a guy that totally runs the offense. Zimmer doesn't have much to do with the offense. But the Vikings have had six different offensive coordinators for the last six years for one reason or another. Pat Shermer does well, he gets a job. Um, you know, so-and-so moves on. Um, Kevin Stefanski does well, he gets a job. And the point being, look at the 49ers who just lost Robert Sala, who lost uh, LaFleur's younger brother. And Mike. It doesn't make a big dent because you still have Kyle Shanahan and it's his offense. Uh, you know, Drew Brees and Sean Payton. You could lose all the offensive coaches you want. It's still Sean Payton's offense. They've been together for 14 years. 
So that's the concern when you go the defensive route is that you hope you bring in a good offensive coordinator, but it's kind of a catch-22 because if he does a good job like he's supposed to, you're probably going to lose him and you're going to have that revolving door of offensive coordinators, whereas if you hire an offensive coach and you do well, well, everyone can steal your other offensive coaches, but it's still your offense, so it doesn't change a whole lot, and you and your quarterback can have that good relationship. And in just in case, in the terms of Mike Zimmer, a defensive guy, you know, he's been aggressive, which is great, but still loves, he's all about the run game, even today when it's so much about throwing the football. He's still stuck in the idea of playing defense, running the football, possess the football, shorten the game, play lower scoring, closer games, that sort of thing. It's always been the philosophy under Mike Zimmer, much of the chagrin of many. All right, Luke, let's get to these two games. And um, here, here's a question for you. You have watched the Packers under multiple coaches now for a lot of years as a Vikings fan. How many were studying the end zone fade route that Tom Brady threw to, to Drew Brees' kid and where that throw was perfectly placed and if they expect that play to come out today. Do you think the Packers are preparing defensively for that sideline back of the end zone fade route? <laughs> well, I think they should be preparing for, for everything. Uh, be ready for, for it all today, especially when you go up against the GOAT. Tom Brady, you have no idea what he's going to pull out of his uh, bag of tricks. Wouldn't it be crazy, by the way, just in all seriousness for a second, if Bruce Arians sat down and said, Tom, that's actually a really good thing that we haven't done recently. Do you want to try that? <laughs> I mean, that was a perfectly placed ball, a heck of a catch by one of Drew Brees' sons, well defended by the other kid. Um, but that was only in a place where it would have been either incomplete or caught by the offense. There was no way for the defense to pick that off. That was a perfectly placed ball by Tom Brady. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what's remarkable about him this year. And I've been, uh, um, I guess you could say the bandwagon, I've been supporting him all season on my radio show in the sense that, you know, people when they were 7-5 and five or whatever talking about, oh, the Buccaneers are a disappointment, Tom Brady hasn't been great. If you watch this team, if you look at the numbers, I mean, Brady finished this year, quarterback rating over 100. He threw 40 touchdown passes as a 43-year-old in a new offense without an offseason, new coach, new teammates, new city, didn't have a normal offseason to get ready. He goes out there. What he's done this year for Tom Brady, I think, may be his most impressive year of his career. I mean, you go back to when he was uh, 13 years younger throwing to Randy Moss, you should expect the big numbers he put up. But he's 43 in this situation, and he had a great year. And the most impressive thing is that he's 43, and the arm looks as good as ever. You know, when you watch Drew Brees, you can see he doesn't quite have the arm. Yep. Even Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger is getting rid of the football quicker than ever before because he can't throw it downfield. Tom Brady, you, you don't see that. He still has the, uh, especially against the against Washington outdoors. It was 40 degrees, and you know he, he looked great. Uh, still firing the football. In fact, sometimes looks like he's thrown it too hard. So he still has the arm strength. Um, good accuracy. Tom Brady's been really good. And so I have zero concern about Brady today going to Lambeau. You know, you want to tell me about the cold. Okay, older people don't like the cold. He's been in Tampa Bay, your blood thins, all that sort of stuff. But in terms of ability, preparation, all that sort of stuff, I have no issue with Tom Brady, no concern with him as a 43-year-old going to Lambeau. I do actually like the Buccaneers in this game. I think Tom Brady's going to have another good game today. He's very good in his conference championships. Aaron Rodgers, He's 1-3 in these games. His only win came against the Bears' third-string quarterback. This is where Aaron Rodgers struggles in the conference championships. So it's, it's crazy. He is the greatest of all time, so maybe it shouldn't be a big surprise. Uh, but I almost have more faith today in the 43-year-old quarterback going on the road in this game than I do Aaron Rodgers, despite Rodgers you know, having an MVP-type season. 
right, so much to unpack there. Number one, if people don't know about the video we're talking about, Google it, beautiful throw, uh, beautiful interaction, sorry, between Brady and Drew Brees after last week's game. And um, just a wonderfully thrown ball from Brady, spur of the moment, plays perfectly to one of Drew Brees' kids in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, secondly, um, I thought Jameis Winston should have thrown the Hail Mary. I thought that was a, t- a tactical mistake by Sean Payton there um, because um, Brees just did not have the arm strength to go the length of the field that, that they needed to on that Hail Mary. Third of all, um, and, 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 and this is interesting because you like Brady in this game, you like Brady over Rodgers in this game, yet Tom Brady has had a... Uh, annoying tendency in recent years, if you're a Pats or Bucks fan, of throwing turnovers, interceptions, fumbles in the most least opportune time. And all it takes is one of these receivers to think that he's, you know, think that Tom thinks they're running a, 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 a double move uh, cross and, and, and he instead throws a, a double move out and up and it gets picked off and that can change everything. So to me, this game comes down to Tom Brady's turnovers. If Tom Brady does not turn the ball over, I think the Bucks win. If he does, I think the Packers win. They're going to do a good job cleaning this field because uh, it did snow last night in Lambeau. They've got the shovels out this morning, the plows out this morning. Um, the three-point line, 53, is the over-under. It's actually ticked up a bit since yesterday. Um, I, I, I just... I don't know who to root for in this game or who will win this game other than I think it's going to be close. But to me, this comes down to Tom Brady turnover more than anything the Packers do or anything the Bucks do. I do agree with turnovers. Uh, you know, it, it's similar to the Saints-Buccaneers where the Saints won the two games in the regular season and the Buccaneers turned it over three times in each of those games. And then the Buccaneers beat the Saints in the playoffs and you wonder, well, what was different? Uh, the Buccaneers went from three turnovers to against the Saints last week. They had zero turnovers, and they forced four turnovers, and just about all their points came off their turnovers. So when you have a seven, you know, a swing of seven in a turnover differential, of course you're going to have a difference in the outcome. Saints blew out the Buccaneers in the regular season, and then the Buccaneers went in the playoffs on the road. So similar to the Packers in that when the Buccaneers blew out the Packers in the regular season, uh, you know, remember Aaron Rodgers had those back-to-back interceptions. One was returned for the touchdown. The other one set up another touchdown. It was the first time in seven years he threw interceptions on back-to-back possession. It was the second-worst quarterback rating of his career. And so people who point to that game, turnovers, you can't rely on turnovers from game to game. They're not. You can't predict turnovers. Uh, the analytical crowd will tell you it's a flukish stat. It's a luck-based stat. So the Buccaneers dominated that game, but the chances that you get two turnovers out of Aaron Rodgers today are pretty slim. I mean, he had three interceptions the rest of the season. He had two that day. So you can't rely on the turnovers. Then on the flip side, just like for the Buccaneers, I mean, when they got in trouble and lost to the Saints, it was because they were turning over the football. When they won last week, it was because they didn't turn over the football. So I do agree with you that the Buccaneers need to take care of the football, try to win the turnover margin. Tom Brady is 18-0 and when I think it's his team does not turn over the football in the playoffs, or maybe it's when they win the turnover margin, but he's never lost the game you know, when they do well in the turnovers in the playoffs, and that's going to be the case today. Now, it's hard to count on turnovers from Aaron Rodgers, but if you get one, maybe you force a fumble, and offensively, if you take care of the football, I think the Buccaneers stand a good chance. And they can run the football on Green Bay. That's where the Packers have been very vulnerable. The weather may help that, but that's where you can have your advantage is running the football against Green Bay. Maybe Brady won't have to do as much today 
as normal games because they should be able to run it through that Green Bay defense. Bills, Chiefs, if you're the Bills and you win the coin toss, do you defer just to see what state Patrick Mahomes is in? Um, well, you know, it's a fair theory. For the Bills, they obviously don't run the football. They don't care to run the football. They're not even trying to run the football. So if you fall behind, it's not one of those things that they're necessarily doomed. They're going to try to throw the football all game anyway. So, yeah, it's not a bad idea. See what you're getting in Pat Mahomes. You know, the concern isn't the pinched nerve in the neck or concussion or whatever happened last Sunday. It's, of course, this, this foot injury. If it's a, a turf toe or whatever it is, that could be a big thing. We saw him um, uh, limping around or you know, not quite 100%, and uh, that could be a huge injury. So, yeah, it's not a bad idea. See what you get with Mahomes and know what you're dealing with that day because uh, it's going to be on Josh Allen to keep up. They don't have a run game. The running backs won't do anything. Josh Allen's been 9% of their offense this postseason, so it's not like if the Bills, if they fall behind, they think, oh, we have to ditch the run game. They've already ditched the run game. So, uh, yeah, not a bad idea. So what you have in Pat Mahomes today and what you're going to have to do to try to keep up with them. Um, You are very down on Devin Singletary then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, what have you seen to be to be impressed uh, both in the regular season and the postseason? They were twentieth in the in the rushing uh, game this year in the regular season. Uh, Josh Allen was almost eighty percent of their offensive yards in the regular season, and then in the postseason, Zach Moss gets injured. Although he had a disappointing rookie season, I had high hopes for him. And now uh, Devin Singletary, and then who was it? T.J. Yeldon, I think they yeah. used to come in and yeah. back up. Yeah, you know, that's a tough spot there. So Josh Allen uh, has had uh, he was their leading rusher against the Colts. Last week they they didn't they ran the football once in the entire first half, so I think they're down on Devin Singletary as well, and that is a bit of a, a concern in a game like this to be so one sided. But you know, again, the analytics will tell you to beat a team like Kansas City, you got to win in a shootout anyway. Uh, people always have this philosophy of run the ball, shorten the game, keep Mahomes on the sideline. That's not really how you win these. Which games. is what Cleveland almost did. Yeah, you know, Cleveland. Uh, but they were down. I mean, remember Cleveland was struggling to score points, and they were down 16, and then Mahomes yeah. injured, and, and they get back into it. But in Patrick Mahomes' losses in his career, he has scored an average of 31 points per game, even in the losses. So you got to try to win the shootouts to, to beat them. You have to try to ma- uh, 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 match punch for punch with Kansas City. So, you know, I, I think Josh Allen will be the leading rusher once again today. I don't think the Bills will go into one of those run-it type of styles. Maybe they're going to come out and throw it around. Josh Allen will be running and he'll be the majority of the offense. And you hope he can make enough plays to, to do enough to keep up with the Patrick Mahomes. Um, Luke, uh, how many consecutive years is it now that you've heard about special teams being important in the playoffs? Always, every year. That's right, folks. It's time for the most cliche portion of this podcast. I really think Hardman is a key for Kansas City today. If you can get Clyde Edwards-Alaire running, if you can get Tyreek on jet sweeps, Hardman on jet sweeps, if you can move around different things and get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands and make it easier for him... That's a game changer, and special teams is part of that. Shorten the field. If you're Buffalo, you have to stop Hardman. Um, I, I, I do think, though, um, that if I'm looking at this game from a 40,000-foot level, I'm not so sure this is a shootout. It's not just because rain showers are in the forecast. I, I, I just feel like somebody's going to make a mistake, missed field goal, 
uh, you know, turnover, fumble-type deal. Not that it's going to change the game because it may be down the red zone and then there's an obvious uh, field position disadvantage. But I don't think this is a 34-31 type game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a repeat of Bills of um, of uh, Patch Chiefs when Tony Romo became uh, Tony Romo. But I firmly, fully believe that this is a game that um, will not be a shootout. I I, I think this is more 24-21 type game. I do see that really for both of these games. I don't know where I would go with the number. The number's gone up in, uh, I think, Buffalo. I think both games actually yes. have gone up this yep. year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I will say the over has hit the last 18 years from a betting perspective, if those if people are interested. The last 18 years, the over has hit almost two thirds of the time in conference championships. So they have been uh, historically. Uh, this century more high scoring than expected but I do agree with you that if I were to bet I may take the under in both games I, I don't think either one's going to be one of those 35-31 shootouts uh, we'll find out but I do think they're going to become more kind of physical games lower scoring like we, what we saw last week with the Bills and the Chiefs in both of those games they didn't hit the over they were pretty far off from what was expected so um, I, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get a rate you know track me up and down the field scoring a bunch of touchdowns the Bills have been really good in the red zone um, and in fact, they've been the number one defense since I think it's week 13, week 12 in the red zone. They've been really good in the postseason in the red zone. And the Chiefs offensively have been like, surprisingly, I don't think people realize uh, they've been like a bottom 10 team the last two months in the red zone. That's why they haven't been able to put teams away. So that's another area. You hold Pat Mahomes to field goals instead of touchdowns, you're going to hang in the game. And that's what Buffalo's been able to do. So I do tend to, to lean with you in that direction that I don't know if it's going to be like a 42-35 high-scoring college football game almost. Um, it may be a little more uh, lower scoring than what everyone expects. Uh, final thing, Luke, um, before we get to the end of our radio program. Um, stage fright. We talk about it constantly. Josh Allen passed the test last week. Does Josh Allen pass the test this week? Because to me, he's got to have a clean first quarter. Yeah, I did my biggest concerns on my show Friday, and that was one of them for Josh Allen. Um, you know, I think it's a good point you bring up because we've seen Josh Allen in the past have a tendency to try to make uh, the big home run play and had an issue with turnovers. And he hasn't had that problem so much this year, and maybe that's part of his development. But also the Bills have not trailed in the second half since that loss against Arizona two months ago. So he, he just he's been able to play with a lead that's a little bit different. Um, my concern is if the Bills actually fall behind in the second half, you're down maybe 7, maybe 10, and you have the football and you know Patrick Mahomes on the other side, their offense is scoring points, we need to keep up. Is Josh Allen in this moment, is he going to revert back to some old, bad tendencies of forcing a throw, trying to extend a play, fumbling? The Bills have recovered Josh Allen's last six fumbles. Means they're due. Yeah, they're due for a couple of fumbles they're not going to recover because, again, to quote my analytical crowd, they say every fumble is a 50-50 ball. doesn't matter the situation, doesn't matter the, whatever. Every fumble is 50-50. If you recover more than half your fumbles, you're lucky. If you recover less than half your fumbles, you're unlucky. The Bills have recovered six straight Josh Allen fumbles, so they're running out of luck. You fall behind in the second half, Josh Allen tries to make a play. That's where I could be concerned that he tries to do too much and has a costly turnover in a big moment tonight. This is our 10th season of this show, I think you told me, a couple months back. Yeah, I think so. For the first time, maybe, the game to watch golf during is neither. (laughs) There's no option. Um, If 
you want to watch the LPGA's Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions or the PGA Tours, um, the American Express, which I, told, uh, there's no good way to say the American Express. The PGA Tours, the American Express returns this week. Like, no, it's hard to say that. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll have it on. Um, trust me, I, I will be ready to go for your show on Wednesday. Um, but neither of these games are games to watch golf during in my mind. These are two wonderful football games. I think we are headed, Luke, towards a Green Bay, Kansas City, old school, original six hockey comparison. Somebody else can do this better than I can. Um, Super Bowl. Um, that would that's going to be fun to, to see. What are we talking about two weeks from right now? I think that's a safe bet. Um, you know, uh, that's probably where my uh, head would be, and maybe I'm just rooting with my heart. But I'm on both underdogs. Actually, I do think the Buccaneers go into Lambeau and win, and I think the Bills uh, find a way to beat the Chiefs today because I do think Buffalo is the better has been the better team this year. They've been more dominant. I think they're more well rounded as well. You know, Chiefs have the advantage at quarterback if Mahomes is healthy. They have the advantage probably on offensive weapon. But I think the Bills do have the better defense. I think Buffalo may have the better special teams. So I like the two underdogs uh, today to actually win. And we get a, uh, it's certainly what I'm going to be hoping for, a Bills-Buccaneers Super Bowl in two weeks. All right. Sorry, we have to extend the show. Is this anti-Packer or is this belief in the Bucks? Be honest. I'm going to be honest. I'll be honest, like I said, I think part of this is going into my heart. Um, certainly the Packers are the team I want to see win the least today. Uh, one of my brothers is actually a Buccaneers fan. I jumped in the Buccaneers bandwagon this year. How? How? We have so many questions. So many. <laughs> I have so much blackmail on you now, Luke. Oh, yeah? Yes, I, 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 we, have to, we have to have a, a Teeing It Up Investigates episode on this. Yeah, sure. What about the Buccaneers fandom in my in my uh, family? Yes, yes. This is a Vikings family. How can we invade Buck? You know, how, how can the Bucks invade? So that's a future episode of Teeing It Up, folks. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. So the Buccaneers were always kind of my second team, so I jumped on the bandwagon. And then on the flip side, same idea with the Bills. You know, I mean, we've seen the Chiefs. This is their third straight conference championship. I know Mahomes is fun to watch. He's really good. But I jumped on the Bills bandwagon this year because... Josh Allen's fun and Buffalo. You got the Bills Mafia, and they've never won a Super Bowl. I think it's an easy team to root for. So I do admit, and I said the same on my radio show. I, you know, it is an influence of the heart that that is what I want to see the Buccaneers and the Bills win today. But I do believe that both teams are good enough to win these games. I do think the Buccaneers are the more talented team, and I think the Bills, like I said, more well-rounded. I think they do have a better, well-rounded team the way they performed this year compared to the Chiefs where like the Chiefs haven't won a game by more than a touchdown since they played your Jets in week eight whatever it was and the Bills won something like seven straight games by double digits uh, they performed better this year so I'm going with the two underdogs to win today see you in two weeks Luke hey looking forward to it we uh, enjoy the American Football and National Football Conference Championships, everybody, and we'll see you all back here in two weeks for a preview of Super Bowl 55.